were always explaining to my daughter, like,、uh, Daddy is building a song. So yes, that's、exactly. always the, the most simple thing we, we try to explain to her. I think I would tell people that my husband is taking care of new energy for the future. So something like that. I mean, but don't ask me how he does it. <laughs> Funny, insightful, well educated, passionate, and adaptable. I speak to the brains behind the stars of Eater. Meet five Eater spouses who have left their own lives behind to move to the south of France and live in small Provencal towns in and around Manosque. Hailing from China, India, Korea, Belgium, and the Netherlands, all at the same time. With these women and men who have left their own careers and comfortable lives behind to support their spouses on this fantastic voyage in the Eater world, I learn about their journeys of transformation, with raising children, learning the ropes of living in Provence. Rebuilding their identities and taking life into their own hands. If you're thinking of moving to Provence, are an expat, or simply curious, then this is the episode for you. Have a listen. So we are at the famous Boulangerie Cafe in front of the International School here in Manosque, and I'm talking to. Five wonderful people,、um, the Eater spouses who have come here in the south of France. Well, my name is Peter, and I'm originally from the Netherlands, and I've been in Manosque for five years now. Hi, my name is Moonjong, but you can call me Moon. I'm from Korea. Hi, I'm Zijin. My friends call me Cici.、Um, I'm from China. Hello, my name is Walker, and I'm from Belgium. Hello, my name is Mansi, and I'm from India. All of you are here as your spouses work at Eater. Tell me, first off, how did your spouses tell you that? <laughs> hey, I got a job at Eater, and we're gonna move here. Was there a discussion? Was it was it a surprise? How was it for each one of you? Well, Shira told me that she had a job offer、uh, somewhere else in Finland. So I thought we were going to Finland, and then the same day she accepted the job in Finland,、uh, she got a phone call from Eater. And when she heard it was in the south of France, she was, "I'm going." <laughs> so then Eater、uh, offered us a trip to the south of France, and they seduced us basically、uh, by the beauty of the of the of the Provence、uh, of us, and that that led to us、uh, not going to Finland but coming to to、uh, Manosque. Yeah. Actually, this happened after. Well, we had a trip to. We went to Australia for a trip, and it was actually to check out the town and everything, you know, because we were thinking of immigrating over there. And so this was after that trip. Like I think two weeks after that trip, my husband came home and said, "We're going to France." I was like. What you know? <laughs> What happened exactly? Right. So we had planned all that, and then he just said, "Well, there is the international school at the you know in Manosque," and he was telling me all the details about it. I was like, the first word that catch you know that caught my mind was,、um, it was international school south of France, and I was like, okay, you know why not? We'll you know we'll go and see. So like this is how we ended up here, pretty much. <laughs> 
You know, for me, it's really um, no surprises or shocking news because um, we're kind of in this all together. Since I met my husband, I know it's his dream job to work at Eater. So when we moved back to China from Belgium three years ago, we were kind of prepared already to come back to Europe if this happens. But it just happened so much earlier than we thought. So yeah, not so many surprises. And uh, I still remember I helped him prepare the interview. We do mock interview until 2 a.m. the night before. So yeah, we uh, we went on the last time. Well, he had to apply two times, and the last time we were like, "Oh, this must happen now because the kids are growing up, and otherwise we will never be able to move." Uh, so uh, we uh, booked a trip to uh, Thailand, and uh, it was at the airport of Bangkok that we received the news that we were gonna move. So it was uh, very special. Yes, I will never forget that moment. <laughs> Uh -huh. For us, it's uh, surprising. My husband told uh, first time uh, uh, to my five years old daughter. At the beginning, I was uh, I was thinking he's just uh, joking. <laughs> but uh, after I realized he was serious, and uh, we all are very excited to come to France uh, to start our new journey of life. How much time did you have before you had to move? And he told you. Just before one month, huh? <laughs> it's really shocking and uh, exciting, and uh, all the expression are uh, mixed. <laughs> but we are happy. <laughs> Actually, she was like, "Okay, cool project, but tell me before, dude." <laughs> I mean, how do you prepare within one month? Yes, it's really challenging for for me, but uh, I did it. <laughs> so now going back to Eater itself, well, I guess for some of you, like you said, you knew it was not a surprise because it was the dream job for some of your spouses. Um, but did you know already a little bit about Eater or nuclear fusion energy itself? No, me not at all. No, nothing. No. <laughs> and then did you understand then whatever uh, when she's like, OK, it's Eater and this is what it's about? Yeah, after we got the tour of the of the facility, I understood much more, and I also understood why she wanted to work here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Basically, the first time that I heard well, nuclear energy, and then the fusion energy was first thing that I looked up. You know, after he said we're going to France, uh, and pretty much, you know, I knew that there was a difference between fusion and fission, and that was the first thing that I noticed, and then. The first thing also was that there's no meltdown or what, you know, no chance for meltdown. I was like, okay, it seems safe. So we're going there. But um, yeah, you know, it kind of started with like sort of um, zero base kind of thing and then started to look up some more, you know, information to find out. And, you know, because still now I don't totally understand, you know, the whole concept or what, but it basically he tries to explain to me every time, what is it, what is it that you do kind of thing? You know, so after 10 years, he still is explaining. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so if somebody asks you, hey, what does your husband do? What do you say? He's an engineer. <laughs> And he works at Eater, and he's in the power plant, you know, kind of power supply section, pretty much. Yeah. I think uh, I, I would tell people that um, my husband is taking care of new energy for the future, so something like that. I mean, but don't ask me how he does it. 
I just I know that it's a great opportunity to work there and there. We, we were always explaining to my daughter like uh, daddy is building a song, yes, so that's exactly. always the the most simple thing we we try to explain to her. And uh, as I mentioned, my husband is a dreamer, so since we met, he kind of trained me. Of the this process, so you know, I know exactly what we were both doing our PhD, so I know what his thesis is about, and you know, so I I grow up with him on this nuclear fusion journey, and my friends jokes about me being a science popularizer for Tokamak, <laughs> so now I really can do an orientation for him. <laughs> Moving on, you guys have learned about Eater. You know the spouses have gotten the job, and now you are here in or around Manosk. Which, just to give again a brief intro, it's a small town, a bit isolated. It's not a bigger city such as Marseille or Aix en Provence in the south of France. What challenges did you guys face, in particular, that were unexpected? Because perhaps you may have already thought about challenges that were expected, such as you know learning French. But were there any challenges that were unexpected that you just didn't see coming? As you know, I've been here more than ten years, so this is my twelfth year again.、Um, basically, when I first came, there was really not. So many shops or what? So like life back then was very different from how it is right now.、Um, the one of the first challenges that we had was the internet connection. So finding the house and also, you know, trying to get the、um, internet installed. It took us like, goodness, you know, actually, <laughs> it took us very long. Um, the fact is, my husband actually did arrive a month before me, and so like he was supposed to have done all the you know the base job or basic job kind of thing to as a preparation, but he had done nothing whatsoever. So we kind of started where we stayed in the sejour for like a month looking for a house, but then that was like during the summer season, so you know everybody's off vacationing here and there. Nobody wanted to show us houses, and so we were stuck in that. Small room, one room, you know, kind of a place for a month, and with no mosquito nets or what. So that was very challenging. But then, even after we found the house, basically trying to get everything done, and you know, in terms of services, the quick, the rapid services did not exist back then. Shops. Closing down on Sundays it did not really exist back then. You know, it, it's just everything is so much better now. I think, and so I think I do see how it has evolved throughout the years, and kind of think, well, you know, this is not so bad after all, kind of thing. The biggest problem we faced was the the school.、Um, our children grew up in the European school system,、um, and we we signed up our youngest daughter here for the for the European school here. But it's very small, so there's only one language section and there's only one class for each for each year. So that that was really a big change because the let's say the type one European schools are are really fantastic. They're really really good, and this is a type three、uh, European school, and it's 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 quite a difference.、Um, also, getting into the into the、um, the clubs, the associations. Uh, my daughter was looking for a volleyball club, and it was difficult to find here. Manos was very small, very tiny, no girl teams in the, in the beginning when we came. Now it's really thriving because they found a new coach who's fantastic. But it's it was more things like that because the things that you talk, m- mentioned, Moon, about、uh, internet and stuff. We came from Italy. <laughs> 
so we we were used to we were already used to things taking time and and being being complicated <laughs> so and that that's here too it's it's not like the states here so yeah sorry i i just wanted to say cuz i come from korea where everything is just instantaneous so you have a problem you call 12 midnight it will be done you know kind of thing so that's why it was very different <laughs> One thing I can also add that this is really the Provencal life. So yeah, coming from Korea or, or the big cities in China or India and whatnot, definitely <laughs> something to get used to. Um, what about for you? Because you mentioned the, the, the shift from big city to small towns. I think that's everything. Like everybody from China now is prepared a little bit. Like nothing will be so convenient. So we were prepared for that. Um, I came to visit my husband already three times in Manos, so we were like, oh, we know the town as well, we know the, where the bank is, where, where the internet shop is. But the thing I really didn't um, expect is how much this relocation would affect my daughter, who was at that time only um, 18 months old. And I was like, okay, it's just changing a place for her to sleep and play, right? So, and I did as much as preparation. Most of our, our luggage is for her. So I try to make her routine doesn't change. Her eating habit doesn't change. But still, um, yeah, sorry. It's still a little bit emotional because it's just one year we arrived. And uh, she was so sensitive to the emo like environmental change. And she became super insecure um, to a degree. At one point, she doesn't, you know, she kept her head down all the time. She doesn't make eye contact with anybody. She needs to be next to me like all the time. And uh, I started to get anxious because, you know, I questioned myself, what did you do to your daughter? Like, um, it's so much change. So that was um, the part I really didn't expect. I prepared for two months for her to adapt because I had my contract starting in April. We arrived in February and that's not possible. She's not able to, you know, communicate, to play with other kids, to go to the daycare. So I had to postpone my contract and really wait for her to get used to it. Luckily, everything is okay, but when you were in that two months period, it's it's really difficult, especially when you're a new mom. She was my first daughter, so yeah, that was the thing I didn't expect. Uh, yeah, I think we uh, all, uh, everybody who comes here with children can relate to that, but I thought, oh gosh, we waited too long. Our children are already 14 and, and 16, 15, <laughs> and... Uh, I thought, oh, it's going to be tough for them to adapt in uh, with, with other teenagers. Uh, but apparently it's it can be an issue for every age, yes. Uh, that's what we experienced too, and it was the toughest for me in the beginning. Like, oh, they were suffering uh, hard at the beginning because we thought, oh, international school, there are going to be a lot of new kids, and they were the only ones at that point, and the other kids were already too together since kindergarten so uh, yeah it is uh, that that was a tough one and the housing problem I think everybody has that too if you come here I mean in whatever month that you arrive uh, that's really really tough yeah can I just ask you quickly because I do know you have some insight regarding housing how <laughs> what were the housing challenges that you had specifically 
Yeah, we 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 wanted to buy because well, Belgian people try to buy. We uh, they say that we were born with a stone in our stomach, uh, and we build and we buy. So yeah, that's what we wanted to do straight away, not move around too much. But uh, well, that was ridiculous because you can't come here and buy a house in in a few months. Uh, it takes time to get to know the area, where you want to live, what is good, what isn't, and and then it takes time to find something. So yeah, we uh, that was a tough one because we we were locked in also because of uh, uh, Corona. Um, we had to stay in a little sheet uh, for months. And yeah, it was a mistake. So if you come, just uh, try to find something to rent and um, take it easy and, and uh, get to know the spots. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, as you know, India is warm country and uh, we moved in France uh, in November. Uh, so for us, it's co- big challenging to adopt this cold weather. And uh, uh, secondly, the language is the most biggest issue for me. <laughs> but uh, after that, uh, we start to learn French and uh, when time to pass and uh, we learn French. And so now it's okay. Yes, so I think you guys all talked about the various challenges that you face. There's quite a bit, but obviously all manageable and I think you've overcome I think a lot of the challenges or at least are in the process too so it looks like it is possible Um, I would like to speak specifically to you now Peter (laughs) I would not be surprised to find that that very often maybe you find yourself as one of the only if not the only men um, in various surroundings here because it's true a lot of the spouses that follow um here in Provence are women and you're one of the exceptional one who've decided you know to do the other way around so what challenges particularly that were different for you that you faced here if any if there was any difference at all just because you were a man and not a woman well I found I found uh, this is not this is not criticism or something but I found that uh, most uh, initiatives for spouses uh, of the eater people are mostly for women. Um, well, for example, uh, cof- cof- coffee mornings or uh, yoga clubs or walks or uh, well, thing, uh, th- things like that, um, which means that uh, you know I don't. It's difficult to get included, and I also don't feel very comfortable uh, including in- including myself in it. Um, so, but it's not. It hasn't really been a problem because, well, I've managed to find my own my, my my own things to do. On the other hand, if I if I hang out with men who work at at Eater, then it's complicated because I can't talk the Eater talk. <laughs> <laughs> so every once in a while, I'll go out for dinner with a group of of Eater men, and then I feel a little bit on the outside because well, they talk about colleagues and about problems and about buildings and about. Uh, projects that it's all it's all foreign to me so i'm a little bit i'm a little bit uh, uh, between the two yeah yeah but it hasn't really been a problem so cycling club maybe i'm already part of a cycling club yeah so that's a french that's a french uh, cycling club yeah oh yeah so you've been able to find your way also through the associations like right now um could you explain 
Well, when I first came here, like like I think everybody, I took French uh, French lessons. Uh, first with Greta here in the in in the school, and then I also I was the only man in 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 the group. And what struck me was the was the incredible uh, level, the incredibly high level of education of the spouses. I mean, the people that come here are all you know engineers and f- and scientists, and they have their PhD. But their sp- their partners also, you know, there's an incredible amount of talent in the spouses that just sits there and is not at all used and it really made me made me sad and 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 i don't really know how to how to activate it or how to tap into it or how to how to use it but you know it's it's really incredible for every i think almost every person who works at ITER has a spouse also with a university degree and all of a sudden they found themselves like like me at home taking care of the children learning french doing groceries trying to understand uh, how things are done but afterwards when i started to learn when i spoke french and after covid because of course there was two years of covid when everything stopped and i couldn't do anything then I reached out and became a member of the association. So I b- signed up for a cycling club, which forced me to turn to speak French uh, three or four times a week. And I started to talk to other associations t- involving uh, theater. So I could do my, d- my thing that, that I'm used to doing. So now, uh, a year and a half after the last COVID, uh, I, f- I feel like everything is finally working and, and going fine. Yeah. I think you've made a very important point because it's true. Most of the spouses that also follow their husbands, and this is not just pertaining to Eater. I think this is a global thing now because of people moving for certain jobs. Um, the spouses that follow have their own, you know, careers and and talents and everything that they have to decide. It's a choice finally to leave behind to be supportive as well you know there are kids there's a family and everybody just can't do everything there is a period of adaptation and that changes a lot with the country that you're in but one thing that i also really liked that you said and i i don't know if everybody sees that or does that is also to take initiatives no matter where you are. Location is important, but even in a small town like this, if there are associations like nonprofit organizations to join, to, to help the community, because then that way you don't lose your own skills. Maybe you, you build on them in a foreign country. And finally, instead of being an obstacle, it can turn into an opportunity, something that you never thought you would do. Um, and I, and I really like that thinking, and I have met quite a few women, like the ones here as well, who men and women, sorry, who um, have done that. But I also do know of some who haven't, I think, taken that opportunity. So just a very quick, like, around, if I can just ask each of you, what did you do before you moved here for uh, your spouse at Eater? Well, I've worked in, in theater my whole life, so I I did theater before I came here, and now I'm doing theater again. Okay. Well, before I moved here, um, in Korea, I was actually working for a um, publisher called uh, Pearson Longman, and um, I was a marketing manager there, but at the same time, I was doing my master's and then finished master's after that, um, followed by um, PhD in English language education. So... Um, <laughs> But the thing is, moving here, I didn't actually finish my PhD. That's the thing. 
Um, sorry. As, as I mentioned already to you, I was a microbiologist um, before, so I had my um, doctorate degree of bioengineering. So I was working in the university and followed my husband as well, went back to China. So I was working as a um, microbiologist and food safety compliance officer for this Belgian company. So, and now um, I quit my job also because of my daughter. Um, I cannot travel as much as they wanted. And now I'm a full-time French learner. And uh, I also do a little bit of communication, um, you know, like this podcast and uh, also some speeches as conferences. But I think um, as Peter mentioned, you know, we, we all eventually managed to find our way out of the system. We, as long as you go out, you can always find something that you're capable of that you, you wanted to do as well. And uh, I just want to, at one point, because everybody mentioned a lot on, on COVID, um, definitely COVID changed a lot of everybody's life. But what also, there is a small positive thing in that it's um, COVID also brought out so many working opportunities remotely. So now more and more companies are offering that. So, you know, as long as you want something, go out and try. You will always find what you're capable of. Uh, well, I was a social worker in Belgium and I uh, worked in schools, um, Yeah, did gui guidance of students and, and teachers and parents, uh, which is uh, a difficult job if you have to do it in a foreign language. So I didn't look for a job like that uh, here in France. Um, now I am in, uh, in real estate, something very different, um, also communicating with people uh, it's uh, I wanted to do this because I noticed that a lot of people um, come here don't speak French um, maybe need some help and I want to be there not only for expats uh, but also for expats to help them solve problems or that they could come to me with with questions or whatever so I'm out there before moving in France, I was a teacher in the school and uh, now I started my own business uh, in 2020 and I'm very happy to <laughs> I'm very happy to continue my business. So my business is uh, Mr. Samosa. I sell uh, Indian food <laughs> like samosa, luara and lunch and I'm very happy. <laughs> I think this is just really a testament of the super rich people bank that exists here because of ITER, because of the school, because of the project, but as well because of the choices where, you know, the spouses have decided, yes, I will support you. And I think it's a great thing as well for the community, for the for the towns here. Can I, can I ask, uh, add, add one more thing? Because I, th I think what's... What I see a lot and what, what I also hear he, uh, in this conversation is that for, for us, the people who follow our, our, our partners, we have to redefine our identity in, in many ways. We lose the identity that we had in our, in our home country. We find ourselves in a place that we don't know and then we realize that we are, m we are actually much more than just the person that we were in the country where we used to live. And we, like, like you, you start your own business. Uh, you are now in, 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 in real estate. You would have never done that in the country where you would have where you would have stayed. And, and we find new elements of who we can be in, in many ways. That's amazing. And finally, to wrap things up, what advice 
would you give to other spouses who will be, you know, following their husbands or wives to Eater and particularly if they decide to stay in or around Manosk? I would say the first thing is reach out to the expats group, to other people who live. Yeah, because I was, I didn't do that enough because I, I was thinking, no, I should figure it out on my own and I'm not going to bother other people with my questions. But as we experience all the same thing, uh, we are also very happy to help people who come, uh, new people, to advise them, to help them to... Yeah, don't find it out on yourself. Just lean on uh, the people who are here and uh, reach out to us. I also want to add to that. It's really definitely reach out for help. Um, never think your, your question is stupid. Never think you're in this situation by yourself. We have a really lovely expat group in, in Eater, in and around Manosk. I think you definitely will manage to find somebody share the same experience as you. I did. So that's why I know. So don't hesitate to reach out for help. And for people who came with little kids, you know, leaving the city, leaving Manos, because we started in Kevu, Kevu Le Ben. It's a beautiful village, but with nothing <laughs> going on. So um, leaving Manos, find a house big enough for your kids to run around, walking distance to supermarket, to park, because you won't be so easy to find a car um, in the first months. So that's really the two pieces of advices I would give. Myself, you know, personally, like I, I've been trying to get into golf a bit more seriously. And this is something that you don't actually, well, I didn't actually get to do in Korea as much. So I kind of think it's a blessing and, you know, use this opportunity to do something different and maybe develop yourself, you know, in a different way. Yeah. I would say if you, if you come with children, Try to move with your children at the beginning of the school year and and not in the not in the middle of it. So that means that if if your partner gets a job in March, uh, send your partner alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and stay 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 home until August. Maybe visit once or twice. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it has lots of advantages because your partner can then look into housing, look into car, look into the uh, get to know the, the 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 people a little bit. And it makes the transition a lot easier. And for your child, it's very pleasant to start at the beginning of the year with everybody else and meet the teacher and, and just just easily uh, adapt to the... Because we made that mistake twice. We moved twice in January and it's a horror. It's absolute horror also for the children. So uh, I would really recommend, uh, rec recommend that. Um, depends on what kind of spouse you have because <laughs> <laughs> they could be here earlier and before you but do nothing right but anyway <laughs> besides that right um, in terms of the language I think you mentioned something very important my two children who started off in the secondary school you know it was difficult for them but at the same time what we tried to do to help them was as, as soon as we got here we got th them you know French tutors and I think of course, it's different for everyone in terms of what they, you know, kind of consider to be important or more effective. But for us, you know, I think it's actually getting the children um, to give them the access to language to understand it and prepare them. I think that was very helpful, especially if your children are 
older, okay? Getting into secondary school is a bit different from primary school because you can learn, you know, naturally in a setting, integrate, you know, like um, immerse into the language, but it's different, you know, it's a different story when you're dealing with old children. I am totally agree with Peter. And I would like to say one more thing. Started learning French before coming to France is more essential thing. Yeah, it's true. Any last comments or yeah. feedback? Yes. I have, one, I, I have one recommendation for everybody. Read, read a book. It's called The Third Culture Kids. Ah. It's a fantastic book. It explains so many things of, of what, we, what the children are going through, what we are going through as, as, as adults. It's a very rich source and uh, it gives a lot of peace of mind and insight. Third Culture Kids. Well, thank you all so, so much for your time, for being here, for giving us so much feedback and advice. And, well, I will see you around Manosk.